This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in your ear hole for another three hours. Unnecessary Roughness coming off the heels of JT the Brick. Did a fantastic job as always. And, of course, that's coming off the heels of the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang. Do a great job every single morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a lot to get to on today's show. Excited about today's show. And, of course, Raider Nation going to make you a big part of the show at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. And we definitely appreciate Salmon Ash for sponsoring the text line for a very, very long time without great folks like them. We don't do what we do on the daily. We don't get to interact each day with Raider Nation, and we definitely like doing that. And, of course, the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. As long as my guy Ari, who's back again, is not hanging up. And now he's been practicing, Raider Nation. He has literally been practicing. Yesterday after the show, we got off the air at 5 o'clock. He did not leave the studio till about 6.15 because he was practicing, answering the phone, putting it on hold, trying to get it back on air. He was really – I mean, to his credit – I don't think it should take an hour and 15 minutes to figure out how to answer the phone and make sure you don't hang up on somebody. But to his credit, he continued to try. So, Ari, I salute you for the effort. Thank you so much. It's an important job. So I have Oh, to, I know. I'm it's very the, passionate about answering these phones properly. It is the most important job because I'm here, you're there, everything's going on. We have the great callers and we have the great uh, guests that we have on the show that I'll tell them about in a minute. But if it's not for Raider Nation, man, we just don't go. So we always want to hear from Raider Nation. We always want to get the text and the calls. And so Ari is doing his best to make sure we make that happen. And we definitely appreciate his efforts each and every day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So coming up on the show today as far as guests, excited about, man, I'm actually excited about all of our guests for multiple reasons. But coming up at 2.30, the great Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports. He's going to join the show. And I've been blessed to be able to go to some of the Super Bowl parties that he has uh, when, when we're out there on Radio Row. And usually it's that Saturday following the whole work week and right before the Super Bowl. He has some amazing parties, and, and I remember that's when I had an opportunity to, to meet Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he was in, re- representing Aaron Jones at that time, but Lee Steinberg, Lee Steinberg, excuse me, one of the best in the business as far as representation goes for these uh, athletes, football players, basketball players, just everything. I mean, he's done a fantastic job for a very long time. Uh, yeah, he, he's one of the best in the business. So he's going to join the show, talk about salary cap, talk about how some of these teams are able to finagle the salary cap and get these deals uh, taken care of. And also talk about from an agent's point of view, what does he do when a player has outperformed his contract? When a player, say, has, I don't know, a couple years left on his deal and no guaranteed money and he needs to – he needs to be compensated for what he does because he's one of the best in the business. And that, if you listen, you're thinking, hey, this sounds like Darren Waller. It is Darren Waller. So, you know, not that Lee Steinberg represents him because he doesn't, but just, you know, how do you approach a team? Because, look, he's there for the players. Obviously, he's established relationships with all the teams because that's what they do as agents. They, they're able to do that. But how do you approach the team? 
How do you, you know you sit down to the negotiating table? I mean, we heard from the Dan Patrick show on uh, on Tuesday. We heard Darren Waller say that his agents were talking to the Raiders right now. They're in negotiations, and he didn't believe that Devontae Adams took all the money. So obviously they've got something going on, right? They're working on something. So just kind of you know take us behind the scenes a little bit on what you do, how you approach that scenario. And not to mention in 2019 when I was at the Steinberg party uh, right before the Super Bowl, that was in Atlanta. Raiders owner Mark Davis was actually given the Owner's Humanitarian Award by Lee Steinberg that day. And uh, I was actually, that's the first time I met Mark Davis in person, got an opportunity to take a picture with him. And it's so funny because I wanted to do an interview with him. I was trying to get a hold of him so I can do a quick little, you know, three or four minute interview with him while we were there at the party. And he was real polite about it. He was like, hey, I would, but I have to go to a meeting right now. I'm trying to get Cliff Branch into the Hall of Fame because that was going to be announced later on Saturday night. Now, obviously, it didn't happen. He didn't get put into the Hall of Fame in 2019. But you go full circle. It's 2022. And we're talking about the summer of Cliff. And if you pay attention to the JT The Brick Show, he's actually going to be doing the summer of Cliff. He's going to have uh, players, uh, former teammates, former coaches of Cliff Branch, really going to celebrate all summer long the life and times of Cliff Branch and what he meant to not only the Raiders but the game of football. He did that last year with Coach Tom Flores. He did it with Charles Woodson. Was really able to just honor those guys as they made their way to Canton, Ohio. So he's going to do that again this summer. It's going to be the summer of Cliff on the JT The Brick Show. So make sure you kind of put that in your notes noon to 2. That's going to be some good listening. I mean, it's always great when you get a former former players, former teammates, former coaches on, and they're able to talk about the greatness of a certain player. And uh, not too long ago, having Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes on, they both talked about Cliff Branch and what he did even for practice for them, you know, and, and what he meant to the game and, and how important he was to their success. And so that was great to hear from those guys. You're going to hear a lot more from those guys and, and, and others throughout the course of the summer. Again, that's on the JT, the Brick Show, the Summer of Cliff right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So we'll talk all things uh, agent-related, talk about salary, salary cap. We'll talk about the Raiders. Again, Lee Steinberg uh, has plenty of hi- uh, history with the Raiders, the Silver and Black. He actually told a story about being season ticket holders, a uh, season ticket holder of the Silver and Black when the Raiders were back at the Coliseum and how he had a seat that was super high in the Coliseum, just on the top deck in the nosebleed seats. But I'll let Lee tell his story. He'll join us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. Daniel Lust, sp- sports attorney, he does a whole lot, man. He does a whole lot when it comes to the legal sides of things, when it comes to the NFL. We've had him on the show multiple times to talk about all kind of different law situations because Ari's not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer, but Daniel Lust is. And so he's going to join the show. He'll join the show at 3 o'clock to talk all things that is going on, including Deshaun Watson and his situation since he uh, settled 20 out of 24 of the, the civil suits that he has going, uh, talking about uh, everything going on. Brian Flores, I don't know if you saw the, the notes uh, from that Yesterday, following the show, there was a note that the NFL and multiple teams that Brian Flores is currently suing is trying to push it to arbitration. What does that mean? Well, I know from talking to enough of these guys, when they try to push it to arbitration, they're trying to settle. They're trying to go ahead and pay the due, pay the cost to be the boss, and get this thing taken out of court and just get it settled. If you remember John Gruden's case, remember the the judge right here in Las Vegas said, no, it's not going to arbitration. It can go to trial. That's why John Gruden had a big win. Well, the NFL and all these teams that Brian Flores is, is currently suing is, is trying to push it to arbitration. So we'll talk to, to Daniel Lust about that. And then, if, if that's not enough, the big news that happened today, uh, Roger Goodell was, on the, was, was at Congress. I mean, he was, he was in a big-time trial today. I'll say one thing. I, I don't know the ins and outs of everything. 
but I do believe Roger Goodell earned his money today. We know that Roger Goodell makes a lot of money. He represents the owners, all 32 of them. I mean, that's just who he's basically employed by the owners. He worked his tail off today for one Daniel Snyder, who, by the way, was not in attendance because he was in France on a yacht chilling. Talk about I had some work-related things I had to do. And he was getting drilled. He's been subpoenaed now, so he has to show up to court. I mean, there's a lot going on with these congressional hearings that uh, happened today, got started today with uh, Roger Goodell on the stand. So we'll get the updates because I can't even break it all down. Daniel Luss will join us at 3 o'clock to do that. Then at 4 o'clock, and this was just a coincidence – Absolute coincidence. Uh, We are going to have Bobby Trossett on from Baltimore Sports and Beyond to talk all things uh, Anthony Averett, who's uh, a defensive back who's going to be competing in training camp for maybe a a potential starting position. You know, we've heard good things about him in in, in press coverage, that he's he's one of the better defensive backs in the league, top 10 as far as press coverage goes. So I was going to have Bobby Trossett on to talk about Anthony Averett, and then he realized that, the time was 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so he had a couple obligations that he had to be at. And, and Ari laughs at me because he knows, as a guy who books guests, that those time zones those uh, time zones get messed up a lot, don't they, Ari? All the time. Uh, right. I mess them up often. I <laughs> See, the one thing is, I usually don't. I do a really good job. And so when I reached out to him today, I said, hey, 4 p.m. PT, Pacific Standard Time. I put that in every Every time I reach out to everyone, and so it's funny, and I always get this, whenever it's like 4 o'clock Eastern time, and, and this was the example, it was about, I don't know, one ten, maybe a little bit earlier today, about one ten, one fifteen. Bobby texted me and said, hey, were you talking about 4 p.m. your time? Because what? It's 4 p.m. Eastern time. And so he's waiting for a call, waiting for a call, waiting for a call, and it didn't happen. So I said, yeah, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're on 2 to 5. I put that in the text, but, you know, it's easy to overlook it sometimes. So he said, man, I got these obligations I have to go to, so I can't. I can't, uh, I can't hop on today, but we can do it maybe next week. I say, yeah, no problem. You know, I get it. Hey, that's how things go. Uh, as I tell you all the time, we don't pay guests. We ask them to come on, and we hope that they have time. And if they do, great. And if they don't, that's fine. And we let them promote whatever they got going on. But that's really how we get guests. We don't pay for it. Now, there's certain guests that I know in the past have been paid. There's certain guys you probably heard stories about guys getting paid, but not by us. I'm not paying anybody. If they want to come on, cool. If they don't, that's cool, too. There's someone that will. Right? Or if not, me and Ari could talk, and Ari can hang up on you. <laughs> I mean, problem that's just solved. <laughs> problem solved. So instead of getting Bobby today, we're going to have uh, Kevin Ostriker. He does uh, Locked On Ravens. He does a really good job, and it's so funny because there's a lot of different ins and outs that, that uh, you know, the Ravens and the Raiders have had. And so he's actually had me on his show multiple times, Locked On Ravens, as I host Locked On Raiders. He's had me on his show multiple times talking about this guy, that guy, or the other. And I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and reach out to Kevin and just see if he can return the favor. So he's like, yeah, no problem, man. Go ahead and give me a call. So we'll talk to Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens coming up at 4 p.m. to talk all things uh, Anthony Averett. But what else is going on in Baltimore? I mean, what a crazy day. They have multiple guys. I mean, if you're in, in Baltimore and you're an athlete, I mean, you're, today is a bad day for you. Baltimore sports is going through it. Uh, we, ha- we talked about Tony Zaragoza. Uh, we talked about him yesterday on the show. He passed away earlier today at the age of 55. Uh, jo- I think Jamal uh, Lewis is the one who actually confirmed that. And so uh, that's one guy down. And then before that, uh, Jalen Ferguson, outside linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, current outside linebacker, passed away at the age, I think, 26. So all of a sudden, it's like one guy drops, another guy drops. And that, like I said, I wasn't reaching out to him to talk about that because at first I didn't even realize it until I saw it this morning. I was like, man, 
that's awful. And I know that Raider fans don't have a warm spot in their heart for Tony Saragusa. Uh, we all remember the flop on Rich Gannon. We all remember how he got injured. We all remember what happened after that. But I am no way, no how, no shape, no form ever going to be a guy that's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, whenever someone passes away, man, that's, that's awful, especially at age 55. I mean, that's, that's way, way too young, and I don't have any idea uh, what, the, what the reasonings were behind it. I'm sure we'll hear something sooner rather than later. Maybe Kevin will know something by the time we talk to him. But, man, just awful. So definitely rest in peace to Tony Saragusa. I'll tell you, the one thing I did like about him had nothing to do with him on the field because, again, as a Raven, uh, we all know what he did to Rich Gannon and the Raiders. So, uh, you know, not a big fan of that. But I did like him as a sideline reporter. I really did, and the reason I liked him as a sideline reporter is when I was a sideline reporter, I had the same luxury as he did had. If you, if you paid attention to the games that he was calling, he was on the sidelines, but he had a hot mic. He had an open mic at all times. So anytime he wanted to chime in, he didn't have to wait for, well, let's go down to the sideline and see what uh, the goose has to say. It's like if he saw something, he'd be like, that's short. That's short. It's going to be fourth down. That's a bad, you know, he was able to jump in there and just have fun and be a part of the broadcast, almost like he's in the booth but he's on the sideline, and my guy that I actually had on the show here not too long ago, uh, Ward Weitz, he, was, uh, he, he helped me along in my sideline my sideline reporting career. He actually gave me that opportunity, and that's exactly what he called it. He said when, when he took over the broadcast for the school that we were doing, he said, hey, I want you to be like the goose, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, hey, I'm giving you a mic, I'm giving you a headset, and you have a handheld, and the mic is open at all times. So anytime you want to chime in, obviously, you know, you don't jump in while they're in the middle of, uh, you know, setting up a play or, or calling the play. But anytime there's a pause that you want to jump in, boom, just jump in. And that was something that Tony Saragusa did, and I really respected it because I thought he did a great job on the, on, the, on the calls when he was doing the sideline reporting. So rest in peace to the Goose. Obviously, rest in peace to Jalen Ferguson. Uh, just way too many athletes that we're seeing uh, these past few days. There was a young man that, uh, that was a Portland Trailblazer for a quick minute in the NBA. Just saw that he had passed yesterday. I mean, man, I'm telling you, life is precious. And, and we kind of we don't think about it a lot. And I think sometimes this helps give us life lessons. You know, I'm a guy that tries not to carry a grudge. Uh, I really don't. You know, I know there's people get on our nerves and we don't like them and we don't want to talk to them. We're like, I'm not talking to that guy. But, man, don't miss that opportunity. You know, there's always there's always, always something that happens that pops up later and you're like, damn, I probably should have called him before, you know, I can't call him anymore. You know, so I always try to try to live by that and not, not carry grudges. But we all know it's not easy. And so if you have some loved ones out there that you might not have been talking to and you haven't talked to in a while and you feel like, you know what, I might just need to reach out and say hello. Feel free to do that. Feel free to do that. I think that's something that we all could do a lot better. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. 2.30, Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports. Daniel Lust, sports attorney at 3 o'clock. And then Kevin Ostriker, he is from Locked On Ravens. He'll join us at 4 o'clock. And at 3.30, we'll have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. Plus, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
Now, I know that we're about a month away from training camp getting started, probably a little bit less than a month from getting training camp started. And I think sometime next week, maybe uh, right at the end of next week or something, we'll get an official date in time when the Raiders are going to actually report to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'm expecting it's going to be rookies probably first, maybe quarterbacks trickle in after that, and then veterans, they all have a date when they have to report. So uh, I just keep thinking about training camp. I guess I'm a little bit anxious because I'm very excited about this team. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of us in the office earlier today. My right-hand man, Doug, he, uh, he, he was saying that he was excited about this team this year just because he expects that the AFC West is going to be, first of all, it's going to be a fun division, the best one in football, but really just looking at the Raiders in general thinking this team has an opportunity to be really special. So it's, it's a lot of us just kind of anticipating what this team could be and pretty excited. And I like to go, you know, up and down the roster. And we've talked about, you know, where we think the, the, the holes in the team could be, where they think they need to uh, address, how they can improve the team before training camp starts. I mean, we've talked offensive line. we talked defensive tackle. we talked cornerback. we talked a lot of different positions and, and elements of the team. So I immediately start to gravitate to, training camp battles there's training camp battles every year right sometimes we don't know which ones they're going to be and then all of a sudden a week into training camp all of a sudden you'll get a report like a Vinny Bonsignor will come on and say hey man are you seeing that uh that number three wide receiver battle that could be a tough one or and I'm just throwing out just a random uh position but a, a lot of times you know, we, we will do that. You know, there's times that a guy that you might not have on your radar is all of a sudden showing out in training camp. We're like, hey, man, this guy looks pretty good. Like, I mean, how many times did you hear about Zay Jones? Hey, Zay Jones is doing some pretty good things in camp, man. He might he might carve out a role. Now, unfortunately for Zay, he had to step up in a major way, and it wasn't because he not necessarily didn't earn the position, but because of the Henry Rugg situation, all of a sudden he had to step up. There was one less guy out there, and all of a sudden he had to try to make up for that. And, of course, he was not the same player as Henry Rugg, so he couldn't stretch the field like Ruggs did. But you just realize, like, okay, man, hey, you've been on the team for a while. They've been talking about you for a while, that you, you know, you're the hardest-working dude in the room. Now you got to show it because now they need you. So I just started thinking and started looking at the roster and start wondering, you know, where are these training camp battles going to go? going to come from where do I anticipate the training camp battles coming from you know where do I think they're going to be and I immediately started thinking about the quarterback position and again now that makes sense on why I wanted to talk about Anthony Averett and that's why we'll talk to Kevin Ostriker coming up at four o'clock from Locked On Ravens because again as I'm doing a little bit of research and this is kind of what I do when I get to the house at night instead of just sitting down and watching sports or whatever I'm I'm kind of in the lab man I'm in the lab I'm grinding and I'm trying to figure out okay tomorrow this is what we're going to do and what makes sense and the more and more I thought about it last night I started thinking about how does Anthony Averett play a role in this quarterback competition. You know, we, we've had different guys on. We had Eric Eager for Pro Football Focus uh, basically saying, like, you don't need a cornerback one. You just need a secondary that's good and that they can complement each other and do their job. And I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I'm looking at Averett, and I'm thinking, when he first signed, I thought, hey, man, that's a guy that's, uh, that's probably a good depth signing. That's a guy that will be able to, you know, he'll provide some, some, a little bit of backup here, there, or the other. But, like, the more and more I think about it, I think, when is Trayvon Mullen going to be ready? Is he going to be healthy at the beginning of training camp? If not, who's going to get those valuable reps? The one thing we know about this, this new regime, right, is competition, competition, competition. That's what they want. They want all the competition in the world. So if you're not healthy and you're not out there, what are you doing? You're losing valuable time. Well, you know that the, the Raiders traded for Rocky Sin when they traded Unique Ngakwe to the Colts. 
That doesn't mean that he's a lock to have a, a, a starting spot. That just means that they traded for him when they traded Unique Ngakwe to the Colts. So you feel pretty good about where he can, where he can end up and how he can uh, play a factor into the secondary. But that, to me, is one really good training camp competition. How do the cornerbacks shape up? You know, where do they, where do they, they uh, align themselves? I feel really good about Nate Hobbs in the, in the slot, but we've also heard from GM Dave Ziegler that, you know, hey, we're going to give Nate an opportunity everywhere. So what if Trayvon Mullen's not available? What if Nate Hobbs is out there getting some, some extra burn at the outside corner position, and all of a sudden they say, you know what? This dude's looking pretty good. We've talked about the press coverage, right? We've talked about the fact that we believe Patrick Graham wants to do that press coverage as opposed to uh, the cover three that Gus Bradley was running a year ago. Nate Hobbs got some physicality to him, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you know, Nate Hobbs has some physicality to him. You know what it takes to be a really good press corner? It takes physicality. What if Nate is able to slide into that spot? I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying that's what the competition is there for. If this dude goes out there and competes, and all of a sudden, maybe a guy like Anthony Averett, who's on a prove-it deal, goes out there and competes. You might all of a sudden look up and say, hey, your starting outside corners are Nate Hobbs and Anthony Averett. Or some other kind of version of, of that. Maybe Anthony Averett and, and Rocky Sin. Maybe Rocky Sin and Trayvon Mullen. I mean, that to me is a real deal competition right there. That's one that I find to be really interesting. And I, I apologize for not remembering exactly who it was. It might have been Gangster Raider, but I'm not 100% sure, who called the other day and was talking about the backup quarterback position. And he was talking about Nick Mullen, and he was talking about Jared Stidham. And I remember I mentioned that day, like, that'll be a good training camp battle. Who's going to be the backup quarterback to Derek Carr? Nobody's taking Derek Carr's spot. <laughs> Let's put that out there on the table and say, I ain't worried about the starting quarterback. And I'm not worried, that's the wrong word, but I am interested in the training camp competition when it comes to the backup quarterback. I think those are two real deal, legit camp battles that we can look forward to looking at. Corner and quarterback, backup quarterback. <laughs> not, I, I cannot say quarterback. If I say quarterback, someone's going to go and say, I heard Q say Derek Carr is going to be in a camp battle for his job. No, 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 no. Q viral. did not say that. You know, you know that's going to happen, though, Ari. You know, Local you know, La uh, Las Vegas reporter. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, they'll put on extras on it. Center. Insider says Derek Carr is going to be in a camp competition for his job. <laughs> Could it be the same person that put out the Devontae Adams stuff that he uh, – the, the car the comparison? Oh, uh, missed, man. Totally messed up the quote. Man, totally messed up the quote. That Yeah, that was that was two so bad. Two. Yeah, that, that happens, though. That really does happen. It's, it's hilarious how – uh, they only get to hear a little bit of a clip, and then they run with it. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was something. Uh, not, not to mention, the other part that was fun was the, also the, the Nate Hobbs converting to safety part when it was a, a typo on the, on the roster the first day. Uh, that was hilarious as well. But that's how it happens. That's how the firestorm happens. So, uh, Raider Nation, I'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, we got the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Where do you think the biggest training camp battles are going to come from? What position do you see? I just picked out a couple. You know, one one at the backup quarterback position and one at the corner position. But could you look at the defensive line as far as the interior? I mean, everyone's talking about Ndamukong Sue. I don't think that that's happening unless his his price comes way down. I just don't see that happening. Um, you know, matter of fact, on the morning tailgate this morning, I heard Eddie Brasilli from SiriusXM estimating and saying that he believes that Sue is going to want – 
like ten million dollars, ten to thirteen million dollars. Not not necessarily guaranteed, but some kind of way to oh, maybe with incentives earn up to thirteen million dollars or, or twelve million dollars. I just think that that is insane money. I really do. I don't think that there's any chance at all that this new regime is is even thinking twice about spending money like that on Sue. I, I just don't see it. So if he's looking at a, a very minimal deal, you know, and, and I hate to even throw numbers out there because I don't want to sound disrespectful, but maybe if he's looking at like a 4 or $5 million deal, maybe they'll think about it. But once you start getting up to $8 million, $10 million, I think that that, that, that ship has sailed. I, I just I don't think that that boat's anywhere near the dock, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, just, I just don't see it. But, again, that's just me. So, Raider Nation, let me know where you think the biggest camp training or training camp battles are going to come from. Again, 702-365-9200. Salmon has text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Before we take a quick break, because I do want to uh, make sure we get to Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports on time. He's going to be calling our studio, so want to make sure that uh, we have the line wide open. I saw this right before the show started, and I – I, again, start envisioning what's going on with the team, start envisioning, you know, training camp. Uh, NFL Numbers tweeted this out. Hashtag NFL most sacks since 2010. Bills, Von Miller, 115 and a half. Raiders, Chandler Jones, 107 and a half. Woo, that's a whole lot of sacks. And we know Chandler Jones is one of the best in the business. Obviously, he's a little bit older uh, in the tooth. You know, I'm not expecting him to go and lead the league in sacks. Uh, we do know against Tennessee last year, he got five on game one. Uh, you know, he just destroyed the Tennessee Titans. But I just I, I get excited thinking about what Chandler Jones could bring to the table. That's a guy that I'm not worried about a camp battle. He's going to battle it out, but not for his job. He's just going to battle it out to prepare himself for the upcoming season. Him and Max Crosby, they're going to battle it out and push each other to be great. That's, that's a battle I look forward to that's not with each other. It's just it's a friendly, like, hey, I'm going to push you, you push me, and we're going to keep this party rolling. But I'm just excited about what he could possibly bring to the table. I was excited about Unique Ngakwe a year ago, and I don't want anyone to think that any of us are trying to slight him because he was a really good player. I think that he ran out of the gas a little bit towards the end of the season and in the playoff game against Cincinnati. I think they could have really used him to get to Burrow a couple times. Didn't happen, but I liked what Unique Ngakwe brings to the table, and he's been one of the most consistent pass rushers his, his whole career. You know you're going to get at least eight sacks from him every single year, and he gave the Raiders ten last year. So I'm looking at Chandler Jones, and I'm thinking, man, if, if that dude can give the Raiders ten to 15 sacks, 10 to 15, anywhere in that range, I think that that's a hell of a year. If Max Crosby can give the Raiders 10 to 15 sacks as well, that's a hell of a year. That's what I'm looking for for both of those guys. Max just got the bag. Of course, the expectations are always going to rise when you get paid. He has high expectations on himself. Of course, he's the, he's the guy. You know, He's always going to continue to push himself to get better and better and better. So uh, I'm excited about that two, those two combos right there, uh, what Chandler Jones and what – Mad Max Crosby could do as far as rushing the passer. Real quick, let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Jared, right here in the 702. What's on your mind, Jared? Hey, Q, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm hey. chilling. I'm blessed. I'm loving this this overcast day, man. We needed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I think the biggest camp battle has got to be Averett versus the field, if you ask me, okay. between Mullen or you rock your sin. Um, when we brought in Anthony Averett, we are bringing in our starter. That's my opinion. Okay. Watch, I've been watching the dude play. I watch him a lot. I think, 
I think he's a great cover corner. And what I look for in a cover corner is the way I grew up watching my Raiders play, which is in your face, bump and run, man coverage. And he excels at that. And I'm not just saying that because of I saw last year, what I saw in the previous years, I thought this man was a baller. When I would see him out there, I would say, man, he's the good Damon Arnett. Because, you know, they both had them red dreads. <laughs> right. To me, he was the, the good Damon Arnett. Oh, we lost you, Jerry. We lost you, man. Your phone started to break up. You hit that rough spot. It's that overcast weather that we're having here in Vegas. But I got your point, man. Uh, and you think Anthony Averitt could be the starter. I'm excited about that, and that's why we're going to be talking to Kevin Ostriker coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll be talking all things Anthony Averett. Of course, want to send our condolences to that Baltimore sports community. Jalen Ferguson and Tony Saragusa both lost today. Let's get one more call in. We'll talk to our guy, Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? We're both blessed. Life is fragile. Yes, sir. Two other guys, um, college basketball player, shot to death. It was like a shootout in in, in Holland, yeah, in, in Manhattan. Yep. And then you had um, Swenigan, uh, Caleb Swenigan. He passed away. He had a rough life. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had made it back. Uh, I think his big mistake was uh, not he took off that year, the shortened season, because of because of the Trump virus. I mean the COVID uh, virus. Right. Um, <laughs> I come on, Dominic Sue is a Hall of Famer. You pay him the ten million, but just he has one year. I'm interested in that backup quarterback. I'm I'm not so dis- I'm a little disappointed that Davis, yeah, especially as far if as far as here, Colin CK would have been signed. I'm not talking about Calvin Klein. I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick. Gotcha. All right. Hey, th- love to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for the call, brother. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, backup quarterback, that's something he's looking forward to as well. And, uh, yeah, hey, look, he, he, Cap was brought in. Uh, I think that they saw what they saw, and, you know, they either feel good or they don't. But – at the same time, I think that they know what he is. So if at some point in training camp they feel like, you know what, we need to reach out and go go ahead and bring him in, at least they've already done the due diligence and they could do that. Uh, it's been a long time. That's the thing about it. And I said that when they, they tried him out, man. Five years away from the game is a long time. And guys I don't think get better. Now what they do get is they get, they get healthier. So at least you know he's fresh. The point is, is he going to be able to be sharp if needed? So, uh, you know, I don't know. But I think it was smart for the team itself to go ahead and at least – at least kick the tires on him. So uh, any second now, we should be joined by Lee Steinberg, just waiting on uh, Ari to give me the signal. He has not called yet, so that's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break. We'll close things down for a second, and we'll come back with Lee Steinberg, the great Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I'm not going to try to make the claim that the allegations against Deshaun Watson and the allegations against the commanders and Dan Snyder are the same. They're not. In terms of the punishment toward Deshaun Watson, he deserves it for sullying the reputation, the integrity of the shield. But if he deserves it, then Dan Snyder does too. And I'm talking about going beyond just a $10 million fine that he got a couple of years ago. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. 
You heard Chris Canty right there talking about Deshaun Watson and Daniel Snyder. Of course, both are heavy in the news right now. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And pleased to have now on the phone lines one of the best to do it. That's Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports. And, Lee, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's an honor to get to talk to you. Wanted to have you on for multiple reasons, including talking about salary cap and how, as an agent, you go in and try to negotiate for your client. And you come away with some big mega deal and all the fans say, wait, how do they get this under the salary cap? How do you go about it as an agent? How do you work that angle? So the definition of what counts against the cap for cap purposes is a formula that takes a contract. So let's suppose it's a four-year contract and uh, there's a bonus of $10 million. So what the cap does is it amortizes that signing bonus over four years. So $2.5 million a year counts against the cap. And then it takes the whole salary and adds those two things together, and that gives you your cap number. So the key to uh, structuring contracts is to stay away from those huge salaries because every penny of that counts against the cap and constantly redoing the contract. So when you hit a year that's scheduled to be $30 million instead of that, you reduce the salary to $5 million, you get a signing bonus of $25 million, and then that gets amortized and doesn't all count. It counts over the length of the contract. So that's really the key. Is, is And it's having key players who have loaded contracts, especially quarterbacks, um, willing to restructure their contract, which you can do once a year. And so if you continue to restructure contracts, one contract after the other, after the other, after the other how much does that hurt the, the later on, down the road? You know, we always hear about kicking the can down the road. How much does that hurt in, in the long run? It doesn't because you can do the same process once a year. So nice. you can do it over and over and over again. You can keep converting salary into bonus and dropping uh, the salary. So what you really don't want to have is just a massive salary against the cap. It's part of the reason that people don't want to use a franchise tag uh, because that's just straight salary against the cap. So structuring with bonus and uh, pushing the cap hit out, you can continue to do that over and over and over again, and there's uh, ultimately no consequence. Talking to the great Lee Steinberg right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So as far as certain organizations being able to have this opportunity to do this, are there certain organizations that can't do it because they're not as what some will say is as, as cash rich? Not really. Uh, basically, just let's just remember that when I started back in 1975, every team made $2 million as a share of the – National CV contract. That figure last year was $200 million. Mm. Pro football teams are swimming in money. They just, in the midst of a cratered economy and a pandemic, renegotiated a new TV contract. So if they made $200 million last year, Fox and CBS raised what they're paying by 83%. So they, mm. in essence, just under doubled it. And so that'll mean eventually you'll have teams making, you know, $350 million per year just from 
uh, television, and that pays for basically everything. And then you have Gate and New Stadia with jumbo scoreboards and uh, and luxury boxes, and and you got revenue coming from all over. So there, the, the old concept of small market, big market doesn't. Uh, really apply here because they take the biggest single revenue source and they share it equally among 32 teams. Talking right now with the super agent Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, Lee, we're here in Las Vegas. How much is the gambling revenue? How much has that helped increase all the all the money that the NFL continues to create? Well, I think ultimately we'll see paramutual betting in. Um, uh, at stadia across the country i think you'll be able to walk up to a different level and put down a bet and there are unbelievable amounts of bets that can be made on the game <laughs> right everything from you know who's going to win the opening toss to who kicks off to who scores the first time. i mean there's an creativity uh is the only barrier to how many potential bets there are and i think that will happen and um I mean, what we found out about Las Vegas, it, because the primal fear of sports always was to have gambling connected with, with uh, uh, sports, and here we are. Um, but what no one expected when the Golden Knights went there was you could sell ice hockey in the desert, and <laughs> the town would respond with this immense amount of enthusiasm, and people haven't been tracking the fact that Las Vegas now is a large city in the country with a, a group of, of residents and um, and then the way they embrace the Raiders. Now, um, I had season tickets to the Raiders. is the only team I had season tickets to. And um, uh, back when they were in Oakland, early on when I was in law school, and I sat next to... Uh, a young guy who's had sort of red, blonde, short, blonde hair, and he would always shout and scream. And his name was Mark, and that was Mark Davis. And uh, so I've known him since the 70s. I remember that, and you told that story back in 2019 in Atlanta at your party, and, and that's when Mark Davis received the Owner's Humanitarian Award, and that was real special. He was there in attendance, and I remember him leaving that party kind of quickly because he was trying to get Cliff Branch into the hall. It didn't happen then, but Lee, this, this year in Canton, Ohio, Cliff Branch, even though he's not going to be there, his family's going to be there to see him enshrined in the Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's fabulous. Um, I sat, again, for years in the stands. I mean, players give you tickets to every game. But the Raiders, because I hadn't started my career yet, I, I had those season tickets. I followed them to Los Angeles, back to Oakland. Um, and um, uh, But Cliff Branch, what a sensational uh, deep threat he was. And uh, well-deserved. Yeah, no doubt about it. So excited. Cannot wait to be there in Canton, Ohio, to see him enshrined into the hall. Again, we're talking with Lee Steinberg here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. We've seen contracts like Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. We've seen Kirk, uh, Kirk, uh, whatever his name is, in uh, in Minnesota now. I forget his name. But anyway, he's he's getting a guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. What are your thoughts on guaranteed contracts in the NFL? Are we starting to lean that way? We're talking about Kirk Cousins. That's what I meant. <laughs> Well, the first uh, breakthrough, frankly, was in the draft. And traditionally, contracts were not guaranteed. So the player got the signing bonus, and he could be cut at any point 
uh, from his salary. Um, all the contracts in basketball and baseball were basically guaranteed for skill, injury, couldn't be cut for being a bad player. So when you saw those contracts signed and Mike Trout was going to get 400 and something million dollars, he was guaranteed all that money no matter what happened. So the first breakthrough was that in the first round, they're now about three quarters of the top 32 picks have fully guaranteed contracts for skill and injury for all four years. Then as you go down the rounds, it becomes three years guaranteed, uh, one not guaranteed. And then as you get in the second round, it's two years guaranteed, two not guarantees. So the, the reality is that when they went ahead and signed Deshaun Watson to guaranteed money, meaning that, if he was hurt, he'd still be paid. If he was not a good player, he'd be paid. The only you'd have to look and see how the contracts were, but the only protection um, that uh, the Browns have is that if he were suspended for discipline, usually that's an exception to the guarantee. So that um, if if the off the field conduct is it's it. it probably takes him off the hook for that period in which he's suspended. Yeah, and that's what uh, I think that everyone's waiting to see exactly how that happens. And and would that be the reason why they gave him that like $1 million base salary, so that's the money that he's actually going to get the, his suspension money taken out of? Yes. Yeah. And that... So, um, um, and, you know, the reality is that um, – the league's got a whole series of issues going on between ownership and, mm-hmm. and players, and domestic violence is a real hot button uh, for the league because they live through the Ray Rice experience, and and um, you know we're in a, a, a general societal uh, framework where it's been Me Too and and right. um, uh, heightened awareness. So you know I that you they probably will go ahead and suspend him for some serious amount of time. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are expecting. And, Lee, this is great stuff. Final question for you. Uh, how does the approach when your player that you're representing has far outplayed his contract and he might have a couple years left on his deal, but he doesn't have guaranteed money, for example, like Darren Waller has currently with the Raiders. We know he's better than the 17th highest paid tight end in the league, and they're negotiating right now. But how, how is that approach? How do you go and, and, and approach the team about trying to renegotiate that deal? The best way to do it is quietly behind the scenes, and it's to put together a powerful negotiation document, a packet, uh, or a deck that has everything you just talked about. It would have statistically how in terms of number of catches and yardage and touchdown catches and everything statistical and then honors and Pro Bowl, and you you would now – do comparables and look at who is out there that he's better than he's playing better than and try to bridge off their contract. But if you do it quietly behind the scenes, instead of demanding uh, publicly, then you, you don't have a team that feels like they're up against the wall and, and being forced and they can announce that they did it for their purposes because they reward, you know, a great performance. 
and uh, he's certainly all of that. And uh, uh, so the best way to get traded is never to make a trade demand. The best way to to get a contract is to do it quietly behind the scenes and just try to illustrate where the market ought to be and where the player ought to be. That makes a whole lot of sense, and that's why you're the best in the business. That's Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports. Lee, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. Very informative, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. Thanks. Go Raiders. There you go. There he is, Lee Steinberg, the great Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. The guy has a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge, and very informative right there. I definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. And Raider Nation, I love what he said about the negotiations and do it quietly. Don't go out there and demand this, demand that, get all in the media and say they need to go ahead and pay me, do this, that, and the other. And you know what Darren Waller has done? He's been very quiet. He's gone to training camp, or not training camp, he's gone to mandatory minicamp. He was at OTAs. He was on DP yesterday. We heard the sound. He said, I let my agents and the team negotiate. And that was it. Nothing else. You think he doesn't have smart people representing him? Don't be loud about it. Handle your business. The team will take care of you if you're deserving. And like you heard Lee Steinberg just say, he's all that. That was his definition. That's the man who represents Patrick Mahomes. That's the man who got Patrick his big deal. That is Lee Steinberg with us here on Unnecessary Roughness. 2.47 is the time. We'll come back, close out our number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. People say, what is Baker going to do or what are they going to do with Baker? Well, if I'm Baker, I'm going in there and I'm going to play the best football of my life. Do what he's always done. Give great effort. He's trying to show the other teams uh, what he's capable of doing. He'll be gone next year, but this year, you know, it's time for him to show other teams in the league what he's capable of doing. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. I'm not the best when it comes to breaking down voices and who certain people are. But if I'm not mistaken, Ari, was that O.J. Simpson talking about Baker Mayfield? Oh, yeah. The music should say it all. <laughs> if you didn't know. If you don't know, now you know. Ari, you are a sick, sick man. Fear in everyone. Here. You are a sick, sick man. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, it's funny. I don't know why O.J. would talk about Baker Mayfield. What I would do... Like, that's the one phrase he probably should never say is what I would do. He said that too many times <laughs> All already. All the time he says it. He always has advice on these kind of things. I know. He's the one guy that, you know, I take advice from a lot of I, – I respect my elders. Isn't that what they say you do, respect your elders? That's sure. ah, probably one guy I'm not taking too much <laughs> advice from. Just saying. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. That was, that was interesting. I'm glad we got Daniel Lust, sports attorney, coming up in a few minutes because it sounds like someone might need one. But Baker Mayfield, on to his point. Uh, I don't know what team he's going to play for. My gut feeling tells me he's going to end up in uh, in Charlotte with the Carolina Panthers. I think he's going to ride it out with Matt Rule, who, by the way, uh, if you look at any sports book across America, he's the favorite to uh, get fired first in 2022. That's my guy, so I'll be a little upset if he does. But he also is my guy to the point where I know year three with Matt Rule is always the best year in his coaching career, wherever he's at. That's usually what he does is about three Three to four years somewhere, but year three is always that best year. So we'll see what he does. But I think Baker Mayfield should end up in in uh, Carolina with the Panthers. I think that they'll make a trade for him at some point. On uh, the other place, I would say he needs to go. If if not Carolina, he ends up in Seattle. Those are the two places I would guess. If I was going to lay some money, I'd say that that's the two places that I see him going. But 
I'm not laying any money, and it doesn't really matter to me where he plays. I know one place he won't be playing. That's in Cleveland, and we'll be talking about Cleveland with Daniel Lust, sports attorney, coming up at the top of the hour, 3 o'clock, to kick off hour number two of the show. Uh, did want to throw out there the question to you, where do you think the training camp battles will come from in 2022? We had a couple good calls earlier. Uh, the cornerback position, we got that call. Backup quarterback, we got that call. I think the cornerback position as well. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, actually, I think both of those positions are really good. So that's the question that I have thrown out there today at the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, Rare Nation listener line 702-365-9200. By the way, shout-out to Lee Steinberg again who joined us in the last segment. If you missed it, man, make sure you go to lvsportsnetwork.com and check it out. It'll be up there a little bit later with the rest of the show, and you can find all our shows from the Morning Tailgate, JT the Brick, and Unnecessary Roughness all at lvsportsnetwork.com. Man, what a wealth of knowledge he dropped on us. Really did, so that was fantastic. But Big Dub Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line and said, Yeah, Q, got to clear up the quarterback camp battle. Just like when you said a three-year window and everyone called in giving you the business for not saying we're going to win this season, LOL. Go Raiders. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I mentioned that I, it was going to be the backup quarterback, and I said, well, let me make sure I let it be known that it's the backup quarterback, not not saying Derek Carr is going to be in the camp battle because he's not. He is the guy. There's no question about that. But between uh, Jarrett Stidham, who the Raiders traded for with the Patriots, and between Nick Mullins, who is the the you know, the first guy brought in. So he immediately, when they, when they signed him, I thought, okay, that's going to be the backup quarterback right there. But, you know, then all of a sudden they made that trade for Jarrett Stidham. So I do think that that'll be a real deal competition. So feel free to text us at 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you put the keyword in. Want to make sure we get your text. Keyword R&R. You text 69187. That is the actual phone number. R&R is your first three letters that you put in the message, space, and whatever you want to say, and we're guaranteed to get it, and we'll make sure to get it on the show. And if you have a question for our next guest, you could do the same. Daniel Lust, sports attorney. He's up next, kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.